Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the I'll Try That podcast. This week we are going to be travelling to California for uh, one of our favourites, the Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. And uh, we're sampling a few of their different beers including their Pale Ale, Handcrafted Ale, as well as their California IPA. But first, Rich, I believe you have a hot topic for us. Yeah, I do. So I thought we'd maybe stray away a little bit from like the beer news and stuff like that and maybe go something that's a little bit, I don't know, light-hearted, shall we say. Um, And I went for Stag Do Disasters. (laughs) This is going to be a good list. Yeah, well, like we've all all been on a Stag Do. We we all went on Joe's Stag Do, which which was very funny. I remember Joey eat, eat a really hot curry. Yes, with my hands. So thank you for that, boys. That was great. <laughs> hey, I was so up for letting you use a spoon. I was going to let you... I'd say you could use a spoon and you know, or a stretch of naan bread. <laughs> but uh, I don't think that would have made it any cooler. I think, I think that was physically painful, for, mostly for my dad to watch <laughs> me go through that because he was just like, I want to help my son out and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had to be physically restrained. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we we had some sensible times paintballing. I've you know obviously you're hearing my side of the story, but I was pretty sick at paintballing if I remember rightly. Yeah, the paintballing was a, a big highlight I would say from the whole weekend. I think I chased some twelve year olds. Was that to do with the paintballing drabs, or was that something separate? <laughs> no, yeah, it was it, it was it was the paintballing. I remember there was some twelve year olds that I think I chased with a paintball gun. Those so those school kids never knew what hit them. <laughs> but. In comparison to some of these stories that I've been reading at the moment, their pr- Joe Stagdu was incredibly tame. Well, I didn't feel it at the time, Travers, but I'm hoping you've got some. Um, <laughs> you're you're going to get something juicy for us. No, so 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 we'll start with something a bit easier. So one Stagdu um, was on their way to Amsterdam that I'm reading here, and and in all fairness, their Stagdu weekend never really kind of or it took off but never really landed because they all got arrested because some bloke decided to set the stag do the stag's hair on fire before the um on the on on the plane on the flight to Amsterdam wow isn't it traditional to take your friends on a stag do with you <laughs> what well that's what an i thought idiot how has that even happened like why would anyone think that that was an okay idea like that that would be possible a setting fire on a plane, but also your friend's hair. No, that doesn't sound right at all. Well, that's it. Well, well we've all, all three of us have done the flight to Amsterdam together, and it's it's a relatively short flight. In general, you literally take off and land, and, and yeah, they barely get the landing gear up. Yeah, I just don't get why you would set somebody's hair on fire. Was it the was it the stag himself who caught yeah. fire, or were they you know just maybe too? Yeah, because sometimes you on stags you you meet people you haven't met before. You might be like an old school friend, and and you might be there with a work friend, and maybe they just didn't quite connect. And within that first half an hour when they're on the plane together, <laughs> supposedly what happened is one of the guys said, I, "I know what I need to do. I need I need to set this guy on fire." Well, I just I just don't get the thought process to thinking it's okay to set somebody on fire. <laughs> Hey, but each to their own, I suppose. No, no, I think uh, oh, we can put that down to a number one moron and we can move, draw a line under that and move on. Okay, right. So the next one was, it was a Welsh fella was was living it up in Barcelona for his stag do. Um, and uh, that for some reason, the, the guys on his stag do had all taken his wallet and his phone and everything off him for the night. He had maybe had a bit too many, ended up in a taxi and ended up 48 hours away from his accommodation. Wow. Um, (laughs) 
So just because I'm aware I haven't had a stag do yet, um, we may be waiting some time uh, for, for, for that to eventually happen. <laughs> Can you guys promise me this won't happen to me? Yeah, I, 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 have, I have to strongly agree with you, Barbara, that I just think that context of like letting the stag without any communication or, or money or a form or whatever, going off by themselves, let alone getting into a taxi. And I mean, what's going through the taxi driver's mind when they give a destination which you know is days away and they go, oh, okay, let's just go then. Yeah, um, bold move, I think. Um, right, okay, so I'll give you one more before we move on to the tasting of Sierra Nevada. Um, so this one, this one, the, the the title of this story is called Nuns on the Run. I like it already. It's quite funny. So there was a group of lads. Yeah. So there was a group of lads, as 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 the article said, living at large in Malia. Ah, um, lovely Isle of Crete. And they were all, and it was ages between 18 to 65. That is a broad age range on a stag do. <laughs> broad spectrum on there. And they decided to all dress up as nuns. Did I hear that right, that age range? Yes, you did. 18 wow. to 65. <laughs> actually that's i suppose that's that's not that rare i think that was possibly quite similar for my brothers because we had um a, a dad and an uncle um and that's that true when, I, yeah, was, when I was 19 so so um maybe not actually come to think about it that probably would hit, hit the criteria for my uh stag do as well although 18 probably a bit younger but it would have been uh yeah yeah maybe mid 20s to 65 sorry though drabbers you said that they're all dressed as nuns <laughs> what happened next yeah so so they're so they're all just as nuns. Um and they all got and they all got arrested for apparently their unsaintly behaviour. Unsaintly behaviour. <laughs> Why am I lacking all of my nun material right now? <laughs> I would just love to have heard the police's, you know, kind of write up for what that unsaintly behaviour was and you know how and have has there been a precedent that's been set by the nuns in, in real nuns in recent past. <laughs> well, what what I find up so the one thing that was logged was they were flashing their bottoms whilst wearing the holy garbs. Oh dear, that's a bad habit to be in. <laughs> and and the English always want. I'm, I'm presuming these are English stags, stag groups going out into Malia. They, we do not make a good name for ourselves in 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 the Greek, Greek islands. Um, you know, no wonder why the the local police don't have a, a fun time during the summer seasons. I've I've been to Malia. I went to Malia when I was about 18 or 19. Um, I went on a uh, lad's summer holiday um, with a couple of female colleagues, actually, which was, <laughs> um, which is, it didn't turn out to be quite the, the lad's weekend. It was actually quite, quite civilised, um, which is not quite what Malia, I, I think, is, is purpose-built for. But uh, we had a lovely time. I, I'm a little bit disappointed I didn't see any nuns, uh, counterfeit nuns or, or, or otherwise. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, I also too have been to Malia around that 18, 18 years. And I did the full, you know, six boys out in Malia. You know, first time a few of them had been out away from home before. Uh, it's a shame Simo's not on this call because he features very prominently in this Malia story. Um, anyway, it's, uh, you know, let's just say, uh, you know, it's a good job after the first night that, you know, he, he stuck to us you know, for the rest of the holiday after the first night. So let's put it that way. <laughs> Again, for our US-based uh, um, listenership, um, the Inbetweeners movie, pretty much just watch that. And, and that's what, what uh, Joe and I probably experienced when, when, we, <laughs> when oh, yeah. we each went to Malia. 
Mostly dancing very poorly in very, you know, not very full nightclubs, let's put it that way. Get, get, getting swindled into them say, where by uh, people out on the street saying, yeah, oh, that's brilliant in there, go on and have a great time. <laughs> and uh, when you get in there, it's a little bit of a surprise. Right, should we get into Sierra Nevada then? Yeah. The California beer. Yeah, I'm game. So Sierra Nevada for me is this quintessential West Coast, West Coast ale uh, or West Coast beer company. You know, started out Chico, California, um, and then they've grown to, you know, to have breweries in Mills River, North Carolina. Oh, okay. So, um, I mean, these areas are, are not ones that I know uh, firsthand, but do they basically decide that <laughs> they like to uh, base themselves in really gorgeous parts of the world? Well, it's, it's different ends of the country. It's different sides right. of the country, I should say. So Calif- the, the original one in Chico, California, um, you know, starting that up. So that's really focusing around the West Coast of the US, maybe getting a bit more into the Midwest. But, you know, North Carolina, that will definitely be servicing, uh, you know, fresher beer around the East Coast of of uh, of the US. Now, I mean, Sierra Nevada, you can find Sierra Nevada in, in quite a lot of different international countries as well. So I don't know if that's because it's brewed from the California side or if it's brewed from the North Carolina side. Um, you know, maybe servicing Europe and, and the UK, that's going to be from the North Carolina side. And maybe if you're servicing Southeast Asia, Australia, that may be coming from the California side. Again, oh, we'll okay. have to check so, that. Um, yeah, no, it just made, made me think you said about it being international because obviously Sierra Nevada is, is Spanish, I think, isn't it? So am I right in saying it, I think it translates roughly or, or, or more literally to snowy mountains? Because um, I know there is the Sierra Nevada mountain range in in Spain as well, um, but uh, I'd be interested to know more, particularly about where they uh, where they ship to. Uh, uh, maybe we'll have a little look, find out how many countries it is that that uh, that it, it retails in. See, this is this is the first time I've tried Sierra Nevada as a beer. Like it was for was for this podcast. I've always seen it pop up in like Tesco and ASDA and stuff like that, but I've never been inclined to buy it. But since buying it, since we've we've struggled to over a few times to try and record with Sierra Nevada, I've had to rebuy this beer about four times because I've just drank it over <laughs> and over before we've had a time to start recording because I've enjoyed it that much. That's a pretty good uh, a, a pretty good um, indictment, isn't it? To say yeah, uh, I couldn't I couldn't hold on to it long enough to um, to record about it. I just had to drink it because I had it. <laughs> so going back to this, the origins of. Uh of Sierra Nevada. So Sierra Nevada really is the uh, the brainchild of, of a man named uh, Ken Grossman. Now, Ken Grossman's got a really interesting story. Um, you know, he started brewing or home brewing, uh, you know, from his, ha- in his, in his mum's house when he was a teenager back in 1969. Now, this is back when home brewing was actually illegal in right. the US. So he was doing this because he had a real passion for brewing uh, so is this beer. Prohibition. No, no, way, no, no, way, way past, way, way, way past prohibition. Prohibition was, you know, a lot, lot earlier on in the in the twenties, twenties, hundreds, yeah, um, yes, exactly. But um, you know, he started getting more and more serious about his his brewing. You know, for the, that, that those kind of the time period between nineteen sixty nine before uh, actually got it, you know, legalized. Uh, home brewing got legalized in the US was nineteen seventy six. So, you know, from, from that time period from 1969 where he started messing around with home brewing kits and, you know, getting, you know, kind of honing his skill, I suppose, and his love of beer. You know, when it came around to 1978, which is when home brewing officially became legal in the US, uh, you know, he was ready to, you know, I guess kind of hit the mainstream as it were. And so why Sierra Nevada, you know, became the name of his, of his kind of, 
hobby and his passion is because he's a he's a serious climber and he used to do a lot of oh, okay. uh, climbing trips up to the Sierra Nevada mountains up in California. So that so so presumably Sierra Nevada was kind of I know I know it particularly I mean you just see on, on the bottle it, the the label says since 1980 so I guess they were 11 years in the in the making presumably from the period of of when homebrewing wasn't allowed to actually sort of being a fully fledged um, whether it's a limited company or, or or sort of certified brewery. Well, well, 19. 19- 1980 is a super significant date because that is the date they hand built their own brew house. Oh, nice! So okay. you know this was this is a play, like literally from scratches, just building you know with hands, nails, you know carpentry, building this old brew brew house from scratch. And he says mostly using uh, you know recycled dairy equipment, you know. <laughs> okay. So he would, which is hilarious. Yeah. You know, this is great. This is a, 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 an era as well, 1980s where. You know, you didn't have resources like, you know, the free content on the internet to find out how other people have done it. You know, there wasn't this whole, you know, let's set you, let's help you set yourself up as a, as a, as a brewery. You know, you had to really kind of like figure this out by finding it out for yourself. So, you know, you had to kind of figure this out by kind of getting things wrong, you know, kind of setting stuff up, seeing if it worked, then repeating and and doing it again. Yeah, it seems like their tagline is handcrafted ale. and, And now we know where that comes from. You know what I really enjoyed when I was doing a bit of research into this was Sierra Nevada started off as a stout. So it was a dark, heavy ale before it became the, the IPA and the lighter, refreshing beverage that it is nowadays. That's, um, well, I'm somewhat glad of that. I mean, I, I do like uh, a stout from time to time, but um, I, what they've produced here is, is really tasty. Um I th- I think also presumably for the climate it makes sense to have something a little bit bit lighter. Yeah, I mean fresher, this is right? this is very quintessential of an American craft, uh, you know, pale ale. Although it's been around since the eighties, it's it is craft in that sense. You know, it's probably one of the pioneering, and see, a lot of people would probably top that, tip their hat to Sierra Nevada as being, you know, one of the main main fighting forces behind, you know, uh, the the change in movement of craft beer um, around the world because you know they have exported globally. Um, but you know this this pale ale is light. You know it's as you said, Barbara. It's it's suitable for the for the Californian climate. You know it's not a heavy drink by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you're going to get quite a lot of fruity notes coming in there. Um, you know I I think it's a really nice and delightful interpretation of a classic style. You know you're going to get that deep amber colour. Um, you know it's going to come across as quite full bodied, um, but complex as well. Yeah, there's some layers to it, and actually, I I would say uh, unless I've I've my um, fortitude has strengthened of of late um, for something that's five point six ABV, I I don't feel like it's a big big slap in the face to say you know it's um only have a couple of these it's it's um uh, you know maybe I'm a thirsty boy today but uh, it, it's going down really smoothly. What what are you going to drink? Because I'm drinking the California IPA was the only one I could get. Well, I've, I've, I've just been drinking the original, which is the pale ale, the handcrafted pale ale. But I also, Same now here. that you mention it, have just started the Californian IPA. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So this was, I was going to say, well, th- well, this is the only one I was able to get around in Weymouth, where, where I am. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sold at how good it is and how tasty it is sort of thing. And, um, and I just love the design of the can. So, Rich, that was you could only get the the Californian IPA, did you say? You couldn't get the 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 um, I, what the, the flagship pale ale. 
yeah, so I so I so I visited six different stores to try and get the other one, but all I could get was the California IPA, which I'm not complaining about because it's fantastic. But um, yeah, this was this was the only one I could come across. We are lucky these days, I would say that with the amount of things, particularly here in the UK, that that you can find on on your normal supermarket shelf, um, there's so many more choices than there were. Um, I want to say five years ago, but I think it's easy to to underestimate timescales. It's probably more like ten years ago, but uh, yeah, um, the the diversity is is, oh, is uh, has ten years ago. Massively. Ten years ago for sure. And I've noticed something about because you mentioned the 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 design on on the can drabbers. This is the first bit. I'm trying to think of some others that that um, where this might also be the case, and it may only be that I've only just realised this, but. For the uh the the flagship pale ale, um, it's actually got an image of some hops and barley on it. <laughs> That's that seems kind of appropriate for a beer, right? Why haven't I seen that on any other beers? Well, it's because they're, they're they are really leaning into their classic beer cues, you know. Like there's people have like it's okay. There's so the hops and barley in this style is is a very illustrative style, but it's also seen as really old school. So quite a lot of the craft beer industry has moved away from, and the beer industry as a whole has moved away from these very, you know, this is a hop and a barley. Like people know what beer is about. You know, you might have hops and barley as part of your, um, you know, your design, but it's going to be in a more stripped back. It's going to be in a more subtle way, maybe in a slightly different treatment that isn't as overt. And 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 again, that's Sierra Nevada aren't trying to play in those cues. This is just like this is the design that's probably been very similar for a very very long time. I was going to say the only time I've ever seen the hot hops used like this sort of thing was when it comes to I know Salt Brewery on some of their cans. They 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 had hops kind of built into quite an intricate design, but this is just very much in your face on the can sort of thing, which which I'm down for. I'm down for that. Yeah, I mean. I mean, at the same time, you know, of the the five ingredients of beer, uh, because there is a little river in there, there is also water. Uh, I don't want to sound like it's a criticism, but Sierra Nevada, should you maybe have put an image of some yeast on on the <laughs> bottle as well, just, just so everyone knows what's what's in the contents? Um, uh, I suppose everyone's a critic, though, right? So talking, I think you were talking about Bob's how like you know, there's a lot of more options now with with beer. Just looking on Sierra Nevada's Untapped, there are over six. There are six hundred and forty-four different beers that have been rated by peers on Untapped for Sierra Nevada. So they have in this time frame, you know, from the when they started start, you know, nineteen eighty, or even when Untapped started, which I don't know when that was, maybe sometime in the mid two thousands. Um, you know, they've they've racked up over six hundred and forty-four different beers that people have have tried, enjoyed, That's and reviewed. Is that right? Six hundred and forty-four beers have been. Re- Reviewed, but reviewed reviewed by Piers. Did you say? Mm-hmm. Oh, Piers has been a busy boy, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, come on, guys, where's the laugh? Oh, there it is. <laughs> ah, there we go. Sorry, Rich is working with a slight, slight delay. delay. You've got to wait for Thanks, it. Thanks, Drabs, mate. But it gets you. <laughs> a big shout you know out to what? my one you fan. You know what I enjoy most about? Yeah, you know what I enjoy most about the can is the slogan they have on the top of the California. I don't know if it's on your guys' bottles owned, but it says family owned. Family owned, operated, and argued over, which I think is quite nice. 
It's a nice. It's really nice. It's they've they've got it all plastered over their website as well. Uh, you know, to, to really highlight how they're independent. They're an independent brewery. They're not owned by one of the big players. Um, you know, so their you know their success really is the family's success and the fact that they have this you know the, these fantastic beers and a, a you know and a, and a a story behind it which people really have got into. Man alive! If my family tried to uh, operate a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be much. There wouldn't be much owning and operating going on. I think it would just be arguing. I think it, I think they'd find it hard to organise that piss up in said brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, no, no, this is how you drink the beer. No, it's not. <laughs> We're not arguing. Yes, we are. <laughs> it's a strongly worded debate. So, so what I really enjoy about Sierra Nevada is they is they've got um they've got something called Sierra Nevada camps and parties across America, which I think is really cool. So what they do it's a traveling beer festival, um and it travels around um America and of course Sierra Nevada plays a big part in it sort of thing. But they also have seven hundred different beer brew. I can't get my words out breweries poured at the festival as well so they're not just promoting themselves they're promoting kind of like everybody else and it ties in with a 12 pack of beers that they collaborate and create just for the festival which i think is really cool that is nice nice. contributing to the beer beer community yeah and i think i think you see it from these companies that are are the pioneers or they've they've gained some huge success in the beer industry they're happy to promote younger or smaller breweries let's say smaller breweries is the right word not younger um you know, because it's it is it's part of the, if, if everyone's winning, everyone's out there enjoying you know the the, the beer. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who's who's buying what at that kind of environment. It's just about collaboration and, and enjoyment, isn't it? What what also what I also I I googled because when whenever I whenever we do a brewery, I Google top ten facts about said brewery and stuff like that. And luckily, Sierra Nevada has has paid out. They also don't um, give your tips. Don't give your ha- tips away. Don't let them oh, see behind this curtain, Rich. No. Broken the fourth wall. Just go into it. Yeah. Is they is they have a hop delivery system called um it's called the uh, Sierra Nevada's Torpedo IPA, which is which is a mechanism that enables breweries to amplify the aromas when dry hopping. Which is so basically they're 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 amplifying whatever flavour they can get out of each hop with a patented mechanism. It doesn't get into too much detail about that, but I would like to know what the Sierra Nevada Dry Hops Tornado is. Or, tor- no, sorry, not Tornado, Torpedo, which is interesting. Uh, that seems like a, a KFC, you know, special recipe or special ingredient that you just won't, won't know unless you're in the know. You know, it's never, and especially because it's family-owned, this definitely sp- speaks of, you know, there is no like digital copy of this recipe. It's just, you know, handwritten or hand, you know, delivered. And, uh, you know, it's passed from generation to generation. So I'm just doing a little bit of uh, reading uh, around uh, Sierra Nevada and, and what they do. So sustainability is is a big issue for them. I say a, a big issue. It's a big uh, aspect of, of what they do. Um I, I could almost we haven't got time in our you every know, brewery ever yeah it's um we haven't got time in our in our punchy and hard hitting uh podcast to to tell you all the many things these guys these guys do best thing to do is, is possibly go and uh, investigate yourselves or go and go and visit one of the uh if you're if you're US based or you fancy a, a trip over there um go and visit some of the sites uh, that they they brew from um 
there's a, they they will tell you sort of straight away reduce reuse recycle um is is not only a smart way to run your business but also to um you know it's it's the right thing to do as well as doing the right thing um but have a have a look at particularly at their their interactive maps and they'll take you through every aspect i mean it looks a little bit like um it, it's you know it's well it's not just a a production unit but it's also really friendly for visitors as well um and you can go around and see the good work that they're doing from uh, water recycling in in the bottle shop um electric vehicle charging points um from what i can see it looks as though they're absolutely covered in um uh solar solar uh, power generators as well uh and they're sort of growing their own own hops and barley within you know a couple of miles of, of the restaurant there so um uh, you know obviously this it's the good work of, of growing themselves but uh it's not as though they have to travel far to get into the um to get into the the, the brewery itself so um there's there's some really um as i said it's it's not just that they're doing the right thing but they're, they're doing the thing right here to um you know look after the world and, and also it's a sensible way to, to run the business yeah, it seems not. And again, as, as you were saying, Travis, it's you know, it's great to hear that the more and more breweries are very outward with their their um, approach to sustainability and, and documenting how they're actually helping to reduce, reuse, recycle. As you said, Barbara. Um, so closing them up on on Sierra Nevada, you know, Instagram they have uh, four hundred and three thousand followers, and on Twitter they have two hundred and two k followers. So you know. Yeah, those, those numbers are pretty pokey when you consider not too long ago we talked about coronavirus, uh, coronavirus, <laughs> corona extra, sorry. Um, and the numbers that they had, uh, when you consider they're one of the, you know, most widely selling beers in the world, um, Sierra Nevada are, are, are obviously uh, getting a bit of attention in, in, in that I have case. to wonder if this is a real, that, that exact example of corona extra in comparison to Sierra Nevada. This is the difference between a brand and a lifestyle brand because Sierra Nevada definitely hits a lifestyle brand like criteria you know they're cool they're people aspire to kind of live this kind of like you know California dream you know you're, you're transported into you know the work that they do with these mobile festivals and stuff people want to be a part of it it's collaboration it's getting people involved um you know, whereas Corona Extra are on that different level of stratosphere of the amount of hectoliters they sell every year, uh, you know, around the world in all these different countries. So it means something different to all these different places. Whereas Sierra Nevada, although they're a smaller company in regards to the hectoliters that they put out there, they are a bigger company with people's reach and, and the profile that they have on these social media websites because people really engage and want to be engaged with Sierra Nevada. Yeah, that's interesting, and it's obviously something that that is you know at the forefront of people's minds. Like they, I was I was going to say like like they, they they are big in their own in their own sense sort of thing, but they're 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 not that they're not Corona big because they're not being sold absolutely everywhere and all of these things. But they're kind of creating, I suppose it would be not not so much a, maybe a cult following in that essence. Like if you're going to go out and buy it, it's because you kind of know that you like it or you want to try something different and they're building up that kind of like cult presence that they're, ah, oh, I'm going to go and drink some Sierra Nevada today. I'm going to go to the Sierra Nevada beer festival sort of thing. And I think you, ha- you have to be Googling, you have to be searching for what they're doing. That's interesting, yeah. I think you make a really good point there, Travis, because also then that sort of tells you that the Sierra Nevada fans 
are pretty diehard fans. <laughs> I say diehard, obviously, you know, following them on Instagram and, 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 and Twitter, um, you know, it's, it's not diehard necessarily, but, uh, they want to engage with them and, and they're looking at the things that they do. Whereas you could say that the, those Corona fans, uh, that we talked about b- before, um, kind of maybe drink it because it's there. Um, I don't want to, cri- that sounds too much like a criticism, but, um, but, you know, aside from drinking, drinking the beer, then, then that's, that's the extent of their relationship. Well, that's it. As 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 we talked about, I, I I am a fan of Corona, but I don't follow them on socials. I don't Google them regularly, and I'm not actively going out to find out what I'm not actively going out to find out what Corona's up to. Like, cool, Corona's there. I'm going to drink it. Sierra Nevada. I would like to know what's going on. It's a bit like Brewdog. I want to know what Brewdog's up to. I want to know what they're doing. Sierra Nevada. Now that I've started to try them or sample them, I'm on board, and I want to find out what they're up to. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>